Hey guys and welcome to episode 179. <laughs> Rob's already laughing. He's never seen the hand movement. He's never seen the energy. We come in strong, Rob. I know. <laughs> I, I I'm normally standing up as well, to be honest. You are listening to episode 179 of the Startup Diary and a promise that we made to all the listeners this year is we're going to be bringing on some people that can drop some more knowledge bombs than we ever can onto the show. And today, he's already pulling faces. You're going to make me laugh. You've got our co-host on the show, Harry. Yo. And you are being joined today by Rob from Frogspot. Rob, do you want to very briefly introduce yourself before we get into today's show? Yep. So, thanks for having me, first of all. Pleasure. Thanks Uh, for coming to the office. Yeah, no, it's nice. I like the place. Um, Harrison was telling me about the previous place, Blood or something, but we won't go into that. Yeah, we won't go into that. I'll be be honest. I saw you on Instagram, and I lost track of the days and bits like that, and I was like... Is Rob gone to the, the old office? Like, did we, did we tell him? Because he was literally, he was literally at the custard factory, and then there was photos of canteen and bits well, like that. Really cool place, that is, by the way. It's yeah. a really, yeah, it is cool. So I'll be honest, it sucked us in. It's a really cool place. Yeah, there's loads of gripes we had with the place. Really? Not just the commute, but the way they interact with the the um, sort of the tenants and bits like that. There's no. You'd think using that, mm. if you look at it, the community side of it would be great. Yeah, there's just not much going on Funky there. Yeah, like that canteen place. Great coffee. Great, loved it. great coffee. Loved it. Rob, tell us about what you do, get the listeners up to speed, a bit about yourself, and then I want to dig into your journey for the last three, four years. Yeah, so I started my company around four years ago um, with my best mate, actually, which was good, which has been good, and we'll get into that as well. I was at university at the time, um, sort of last year of university we started it, so trying to finish a degree and start a business was not the easiest thing in the world, but then we did it in the end. Um, We didn't touch any money whilst we were at uni, so we built up a good bit of money in the bank which enabled us to go full time which was also good so less risk for us again we'll get into that I'm not sure if I could take the leap and if I had a mortgage because that, that kind of thing yep. we'll get into that that feeling uh, yeah <laughs> um, and yeah it snowballed from there really we've managed to grow a team uh, we've got a team of 10 at the minute looking to build that to sort of 14 over what well, we're recruiting at the minute so that'll be happening over the next sort of month or so new office coming up which is happening second week of March which is exciting cool um, and bit more about Frogspot so basically full service agency I was literally waiting for you to mention the name of the company I was like yeah, <laughs> it's an, it, it, what do you think of the name I love it it's cool yeah 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 it's cool stands out I love it I love we've it. remembered it when we spoke I'd love there so. to be a story behind it but there's not okay um, no, it's not. <laughs> not even a beer's an idea that, that literally kills one of the yeah, questions yeah. I've got it's, where did you get the brand from tell me inspiration <laughs> cool so Frogspark is the name of the company Frogspark is the name of the company uh, full service agency so we started off doing web design development but we've since then branched into digital marketing so SEO PPC um, and that kind of thing so yeah that's us in a nutshell cool so what I want to try and get across today is one the journey of you starting up mm. sort of doing it through uni how you bootstrapped it all the way through we've got very different journeys me taking funding and you not like to know the sort of the pros and cons from your side of that um, what it's like working with your best mate for so long okay <laughs> Uh, some Hopefully of the problems, some of the problems that you've ran into, sort of trying to scale a team. That's one of my mm. my biggest hurdles. Uh, and hopefully, anyone that's listening who does sort of content digital, some of the, basically take away some lessons if they want to start and build a full service agency. You can drop some knowledge so they can help with that. Let's take it back to square one. How did you originally decide to start the business with your? Can I call him a co-founder? What's the title? Well, he's my best use? mate. Yeah, best mate. He has been a group of him. Went to school with him, college, university. Cool. Uh, does my head in. So, you know, that's, that's Lynn. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so, why did we do it? So, totally honest, it was just beer money at uni. You know, we were at uni, wanted some extra money. Yep. Um, we did. We were doing software at uni, so building websites was pretty much bread and butter to us. Okay. Um, and there is a funny story about how we started getting our first few clients, which I'll get into. But for us, I think myself and Liam both had 
a bit of a business. We wanted to be in business for some, for some time. Liam yep. actually applied to be on The Apprentice once upon a time. Nice. The junior apprentice. Funny, yeah. funny story. I once applied to be he, on The Apprentice way to, back when. He went to Birmingham and did the interview. Did the auditions. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. Tragic. it's tragic. I still rip him now for it, to be fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I used to... Um, so Liam uh, always wanted to be in business. I used to buy and sell um, MacBooks on eBay, do them up, sell them on for a profit. And I've always had an interest in sort of making money and working for myself because cool. I just can't be an employee. Um, so yeah, when we decided to start making websites on the side for extra money, it wasn't a case of, you know, Robin Liam designs or Robin Liam websites or something like that. It was, let's actually think about this properly. Let's call it a name. So it has got some scale. Okay. I don't think we ever knew it was going to go anywhere, but I thought let's call it something. We can maybe attract some decent clients. We put up a landing page, made it look much bigger than we actually were. Put some fake logos. You put, you put, we and the team across the whole website. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I know that as well. We we made fake websites for a bit. Cool. We did charity websites. We did free websites and built a portfolio. And like you say, we just made ourselves look much, much bigger than we actually were. Cool. But it worked. And we started going on social media and I used to put these um, searches into Twitter, like looking for a web designer, looking for a web developer. Yep. Search.twitter.com. See what people are looking for. Yeah. And then you went and offered them free work to start from what I understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And we, Building and because of our up. software background, we had this sort of script running in the background that would detect these keywords and tweets. And we used to ping off all these, all these tweets. Nice. So our inbox would be full of inquiries after day one of being in. So that's quote, probably the quote. days before like Hootsuite and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Try, okay. That's, that's so cool. So in the days of before, you know, the first day of quote, quote business, our inbox was full of inquiries from, all over the world purely because we were applying to these tweets with our email address. Okay. So it was great. So we offered free work because um, we didn't really feel comfortable charging at this stage. Mm-hmm. But um, we actually managed to bag a con- uh, a contract, a free contract with, you know, TED, TED Talks. Okay. So our first, just know where this goes. Our first actual client, our first project was for TED Talks and they had a, an event in Hackney and we did a free website for them and that allowed us to put the TED logo all over our site Ah, okay, cool. And we really, really leveraged that and it made us appear much, much more experienced than we actually were. Um, so following that, a few more free websites and we actually bagged our first sort of paid contract, which was worth about a grand, something okay. like that, if they want much. But I want to get into pricing a little bit to see how things evolve. Yeah, so... By the way, I'm going to break your Apple Pencil if you keep clicking that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, will that, will that show up? <laughs> it's cool, man. Um, so yeah, we just... Um, you normally has a go at me for my wedding ring, and uh, normally, I, I accidentally clanged it on the table the other day, and I saw the look in his eyes. He was like, "Livid." We had a weird ritual at one point where we took our wedding rings off before we recorded and put them on the desk, and then we uh, realised that's just so weird to do every single time. <laughs> uh, um, before we dig into like hmm. the, the, the getting more into the clients, how you won them, give me an idea of what you and your co-founder Liam yeah. personality-wise, what you both yeah. like. Obviously, you both said entrepreneurial. So, like, how do you balance? Hmm. Like two two A players that want to both start a business, mm. I can imagine being fairly difficult. I'm lucky I didn't I didn't have that issue with just yeah. solo founder. How was that? So actually we're really lucky that we both understand our strengths and we both understand our weaknesses as well. So Liam's much, much we were both starting out doing the websites, doing the nitty gritty, but I've since moved into this sort of I suppose more business development salesy role. Because mm-hmm. I'm just you know, I like going out there, meeting people, um, selling. I, I get I get my kicks from that essentially. Yep. And Liam does as well, but actually we learned that Liam is just a much he was just a much better developer than me. Okay. So Liam was at the forefront of the work. So the first two years whilst we didn't have a team, I was out getting the work. Liam was doing the work. Okay. Liam's just Liam is the best developer you'll meet. Okay. Um and that's how it works and that's how we've gone since then. But since Liam is transitioning more into this salesy role like like me and I'm helping him 
you know, with our sales pitches, how our sales process works and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, we just stuck to our strengths at the start, really. And we didn't, we didn't clash because of that. Liam didn't turn around to me and say, oh, I want to be selling, I want to be doing this. He was just quite pretty cool with it. I think, he, I think deep down he probably did want to. But I think because I was probably just slightly more polished at it yep. and Liam was much better at me in developing, it was the best way to scale at the time. But one of the things that gets me just looking at your sort of timeline is you've technically never been employed. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you might have had like small jobs in between, but how, speak to me about the fact that you've basically gone from uni mm. doing free, free work having to like deal with businesses, understand process. Mm. Like when did you learn the business side of business compared to being, I don't want to say just being a developer because that's itself a huge skill set. Yeah. Like what's the transition that you have to go through? Because like dealing with clients is a, is a beast of its own. Oh, it's like, what was the learning curve it's there? Huge, yeah. So to be honest, it was trial and error. And I think that's why we did free work first. Okay. So we could actually, although looking back at the, you know, quote unquote process we used to have for, to managing our products projects was probably pretty shabby now compared to what it is now. Mm-hmm. But the fact we we're doing free work took the pressure for the lot. Mm-hmm. So we learned how to ring a client up and say, this is what's happening. This is the next step, this, that, and the other, uh, without the pressure of having to provide a, an amazing service yeah, okay. getting paid and stuff. So I think doing that, you know, seven or eight times allowed us to refine a process until we were comfortable doing that. Uh, so that helped out quite a lot. Um, but yeah, before that, I, had, I was working. I worked in Marks and Spencers. Um, didn't do very well there because I fell out with the boss. <laughs> you know, it, you know that Adam, don't you? Hundred <laughs> percent. Know, that no, I know that feeling. But yeah, I think it was just free work. Um, just, just trial and error. Um, and because it was free, the pressure was off, and that was just pretty nice for us. Okay. Um, but yeah, we made a hell of a lot of mistakes when we did start making paid work. You know, over promise and deliver that kind of thing. Yep. You, you live and learn, don't you? No, exactly. So tell me about that that period where. You go from doing free work to mm. actually charging. You say your first project was a thousand quid. It's about a thousand quid, yeah. Okay. Uh, so funny story. Uh, they went bust halfway through. We never got paid. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. So kicking the teeth. Um, yeah, we did, obviously that's a different story, but we just dealt with that and you know highs and lows and all that. But in terms of taking that on, they were down in Chelmsford, so Derby to London. You know, um, well Essex way. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of commute, a lot of travel that you. I bet you 100% you didn't budget into that project. No, and and we were driving a wire edge Clio at the time, which <laughs> barely <laughs> barely shifted off the drive. To be honest, uh, that was Liam's car, bless him. Um, sorry, what's the question? It was just more around like the transition to going into paid work from free work and how you how you sort of dealt with that. Yeah, and, so and was... more importantly for me is how did you how did you start off pricing because you you haven't had a job you didn't work in an agency on yeah. your way up and l- yeah. learn actually this is how they charge project mm. based value based yeah, how so did you think about pricing in the early days pricing was generally a winged job okay. it was a the company we worked with in particular wanted something cheap okay. I think I don't think I mean we wouldn't work with that type of company now we like to work with people who value our work and respect the quality and the, the skills that we've got in the team. Mm-hmm. So you, you get companies like that, don't you? You just want to pay as little as possible and, and outsource it. And that's what we were at the time. We, would, we just got outsourced work. I don't think they really did any auditing on us as people or as a company. We just okay. we probably spoke pretty well on the phone. Went and met them, um, showed them what we could do. We did, did some good stuff. Um, in terms of that transition, I think the biggest learning curve was things like invoicing and how we staged the invoice. Because obviously looking back now, we should have taken a deposit. We should have done this and the other. Yeah. which would have got cash in the bank. We didn't do that, so we didn't get paid because they went bust halfway through. Oh, she didn't work up front, no deposit at that point? No deposit. Wow, okay. You know, we, we didn't, I think, 
we were in the process of setting up a business bank account. Uh, <laughs> wow. We're really showing our experience now, aren't we? Um, That's all part and parcel. But yeah, exactly. It's, it is all part and, part and parcel. And yeah, you, you do it once, but you don't do it again, mm-hmm. do you, basically? I find it like, I'm trying to work out how does this relate to what we've done in terms of free and spec work. But if you look at what we did on the video side of work, Harry, when we were launching that, <laughs> if you look at the prices that we used to charge we firstly we did a lot of free video work just mm. to s- sort of support clients and why do you think that is we did it for is it because we didn't know how to charge for it we didn't know the value of it what was the was it a, a new service we I think it was just I think now. it was it was something that it was something that we did for ourselves and we thought oh we can just offer some kind of we can just offer a similar bit to clients but it's probably not really worthy of charging, charging. for maybe and now, obviously, it went from, like you say, it's free work. It's something about it. There's actually value here. Start putting some zeros on it. And then <laughs> then we did we did a project where we produced a total of about 11 videos, uh, two days' worth of filming, an ungodly amount of editing. And 600. Was that, was that how little we charged? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh we charged. Because I think it comes down to what you know as well is, like when you start off doing the work, we only thought about, oh, the work is sending Harry to the job and filming mm. and then the job's done. We didn't take consideration the back and forth with the client. We didn't take consideration the editing time, yeah. the revisions time, like packaging it all up. Mm. Buying, one thing we're showing at the moment, just for client side, is like sending them hard drives and data and backups of all that stuff. Like we didn't build any of that stuff in. Yeah. Um, so I think you live and you learn with the yeah, prices. It, so it is, it is definitely a learning curve. Like you say, you do it once I mean, and then you for realize. For me, pricing changed massively from when it was just myself and Liam. Yep. We built a team because when it was just me and Liam, it was price is a price. You know what you need to live is, I guess, the mindset. Like we need to earn X amount a month for yeah. just me and us two to split the well, bill. It was, it, was just, it was just, you know, whether it took all night, whether we didn't sleep, that was what we got paid. When you start building a team, you realize you've actually got 40 hours of their time in a week to utilize. Yep. Therefore, you have to start taking into account the resource you've got, how many hours it's going to take roughly, things like that. And then you have to do, drill down into the profit on that project. When it was just me and Liam, it was so much simpler. Mm-hmm. It was, if it's going to take two more hours, it will take two more, two more hours. Cause just me and sleep Liam, two hours we, less. We get paid what we get paid. And yeah, that's that. no, it makes sense. So, yeah. So, let's, let's just dig into that in terms of the, the team side. At what point did you think that because I guess my guess, and tell me if I'm wrong, is you and Liam are working. You mm. probably end up moving the rates up, so you're making more money between yeah, you. Yeah. When does it go from we've got enough work for me and you to have a nice lifestyle business to actually we want to grow this into a brand mm. and hiring your first your first person? And what was that first hire? Like, well, what's that look like? The way we did it was we almost got quite a good name for ourselves and sort of business community in Derby first. So people almost assumed we had a team before we did, if that makes sense. And just drill into that, why? What were you doing? We were, I, by the way, I've seen how you network in PR. Yeah. And I, I just seen everything I pick up that's related yeah. to Derby, I see Frogspot <laughs> attached to it somewhere. <laughs> like it's it's you, it's your quarterly reports, it's your NHS, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Like I've seen it all. Yeah, like you do yeah. a fantastic job with PR in the company. Mm. Tell me how, why, and how it all started. So it was just... I want to learn on this. We just found ourselves to be really good at networking, essentially. We or you? Um, No, me and Liam. I think, you know, people, as stupid as it sounds, people call us Anton Anton Deck in Derby. Okay, cool. (laughs) We rock rock up. I think we sort of... People call us the two fills. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think... I mean, saying we shook up the community is probably silly, but I think it was a breath of fresh air to the business community. Derby's very, quite close-knit in terms of their business community. And I think it was quite refreshing for people for two young lads 
um, to turn up on the scene and sort of just freshen up a little bit. And yeah, that's cool. You know, we turned up and we didn't talk about business. We had a laugh and spoke about the football or we just sort of build, built rapport with people that way on a more personal level rather than shoving business cards down the throat. And did you like know at that point you were building rapport or were you just built being yourself? Like, was there a strategy to it or was it just like, now I just want to go meet people, share what we do yeah. and, just, and just let them know I'm here? No, not, not at the start. We thought if we don't, if we don't go away here with 10 business cards, we failed. Okay. But actually, you know, an email will trickle into your inbox and say, oh, it's good to meet you today. Do you fancy meeting for a coffee about the website? And you think, bloody hell. Something's happened. I'm sure I swore earlier. Or something, <laughs> you know, something like that. And you think, actually, one of the biggest things we've learned is me and Liam were very worried at the start about age. And I mean, I've got a full sleeve tattoo, things like that. You've got the same. Mm-hmm. And you get so paranoid about that, don't you? 100%. So like the first we did a show on this actually where we talk about uh, like, yeah, what it's like going to meetings mm. sleeves I was like always sleeves yeah. down shirt up tie yeah. and all that good stuff you you, know, you you start you don't start as yourself no. and you sort of as exactly. you go your confidence We're you build so into that yeah. so so stiff and actually since we made that conscious decision to actually you know what being young is actually okay and actually mm-hmm. playing that to our advantage now because in marketing people like that youth that you know new ideas that kind of thing whereas if you've got Again, no disrespect to marketing companies that are run by older people, but there is a stigma against that in terms of mm-hmm. they're stuck in old ways when actually things are moving forward so quickly. <laughs> You're too polite for me. Like, <laughs> those guys are antiquated and should be dead in the next five years because yeah, they yeah. are just not keeping they're up just with dodging this. Coffee exactly, at this point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, actually playing to our advantage in that respect yep. is is helping us now. And at the end of the day, if you go, to, if I go to a pitch and the four people before me were wearing black suits and a white shirt, and you're, to, you're smiling and laughing and to yourself smiling, at that point. Yeah, I've got a tattoo and a denim shirt on. Yep, that's going to leave a more lasting, a lasting impression than, than the last five chaps. So, yeah, being ourselves and actually, yeah, I think it was just refreshing for the people of Derby to have two lads that were actually enjoying themselves, having a bit of a laugh, whether they're at the football having a beer or at a networking meeting. We, mm-hmm. we didn't change; we were just having a laugh. Some people didn't take to it. Ultimately, some people thought we were a pair of videos. At the no, end no, of the day. but, but that would be self-selecting. Like the clients that you then want to work with yeah. will will like you for you, and you don't have Absolutely, to put on that yeah. bravado. Yeah. That that's cool. So networking huge to helping you grow the business. Mm. When did you and Liam decide we want to scale this? And then what was the first hire? What did you do first? So it was about two years ago now, and it was a massive jump for us because at the same time of getting the new hire, we had to get a new office. Where were you working before that? Home. Okay. Home, which you know comes with its own problems about mm-hmm. switching off at night and all that kind of thing. But yeah. The first hire for us came with a new office. So not only were we taking on an extra... Salary, yeah. Yeah, it was like 15, 16 grand. So it wasn't a huge salary. But that coupled with, a, I think, our first first office cost us about nine grand for the year. Okay. So for us to take on a circa 20, 25 grand commitment was absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you look at the things we're doing now, it's it seems like, why are we worried about that? Yeah. But at the what time, it was, this is make or break. This, you know, this could go belly up at any point. So why did you decide to do it? Because we, I think there's lots of great agencies in Derby and Nottingham and we used to really aspire to be like them. They had cool officers, they had that sort of fun feel to it, ping pong table, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's just what we wanted. I think we wanted that. I think that's what we, we dreamt of. Okay. Um, I guess that throws back to the reason you didn't call it like Rob and Liam. Absolutely, We're yeah. trying to build a bigger yeah, brand. Yeah, I think subconsciously we always had that in the back of our mind. Okay. So yeah, it was really because we were we were taking on too much work under delivering because we didn't have the time even with just two of us um, and we we did genuinely just have enough work and inquiries were coming in thick and fast for us to be able to do it financially there's always doubts in the back of your mind to say <clears throat> what if inquiries dry up this, this that and the other yeah we just in terms of I always I always kind of probably do myself a disservice by saying we don't take risks because obviously we left uni with 
salary in the bank and that kind of thing. But actually doing stuff like that, it's a big deal, isn't it? A hundred percent, because it's not just... Then again, at that point, it's not just you and Liam. Like, you are taking a commitment to basically, yeah. potentially pay someone else's mortgage. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're, they're getting an employment with you. And, and you've got employee contracts and... Um, <laughs> employee con- uh, It took Harry a year to get a contract from <laughs> Yeah, Everyone else got one a little bit quicker, but it took Harry a year to get a He's contract a friend, it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it was. It was like, yeah, I get, I get that day. to you. End of the week, mate. And then Friday would roll around. It's like... Didn't get you know, I didn't even mention it on Friday. I just put a beer in your hand and you forgot all about it. Um... What was the first hire you made? So the first hire was a developer. Okay. Uh, a guy called Paul. Um, How did you find him? Hiring's hard. Him I know or it? it. Oh, uh, him. <laughs> him? He was all right. Yeah, he was fine. Um, there was... What was the process you went down? Did you go through your personal network? Did you put it on Monster? We used a recruiter, actually. Oh, God, that sounds um, painful. I know. It wasn't... It wasn't the whole 10... <laughs> it wasn't the 10, 15% job. We just simply didn't want to spend that money. So we used this... We used a local company and... It was almost like they paid to put it on Indeed for us, basically. Okay. 500 quid. Uh, took him on. Interview process was <laughs> downright horrible, looking at it. If I was a fly on the wall in the interview. Oh, for him? No, for, like, the whole thing. Oh, the whole thing was just a car crash. Just cringe. Okay. It was just so cringy. Like. You, did you try and do the professional? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, what? You know, the whole time I was thinking, why am I sat on this side of the table? This is so weird. Yeah, okay. How, how did I get here? Sort of thing. <laughs> You're um, in your own head trying yeah, to ask the like, question. Yeah, okay. I know that feeling. And also, I also think that... Um, when you first start hiring, maybe your first two or three staff, you almost feel the need to give them a sales pitch. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah completely. I Because you that's where like doubt comes in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm even doing it now. We're hiring five at the minute. I'm always, I'm always thinking, and some of these people are coming from big, big companies now. Yeah. Um, and look, luckily we can afford to pay the salaries that some bigger companies might want to pay as well so we can compete with that. But even now, I think you're going from a huge company to little old us. And I, yep. think, I feel the need to big them up. I always feel like a little bit of pressure in job interviews. Okay. Almost more so than them sometimes. No, no, that's, that's really interesting. It's I strange. completely get that. Do you get that? Yeah, yeah I completely get that. Especially, I don't know whether it's the same, but like what you're doing at the moment is trying to, my guess is sort of be the new agency in Derby, grow, grow the company that way. What mm. we were trying to do is try and do something new in the industry. So it yeah. wasn't just... Uh, believe that i'm the right founder for you to join it's then you've also got to believe in the there's a lot of things that we yeah. need to get them to hit the box because what we don't want to oversell it either exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah uh so yeah super tough for me is getting these guys on board to the point where cause i didn't really know what i was doing like i was still working out as i went along trying to hire someone and say hey this is going to be your mm. job role mm. when their job role probably changed every single week our first batch of hires we did five interns and we hired three of them full-time and they all did five, six, seven different things day to day. So you and three interns? Uh, it was me, the wife, and three interns at one point. Uh, and those guys, we hadn't found our business model. We were burning cash. We'd raised some VC funding. Yeah. Uh, I'd managed to wing it in that and basically get these guys on board with a long-term vision. But we didn't mm. know how we were going to get day to day. We were burning cash. And I was basically making up work. I knew I didn't even need it done. I was making up work so I could go in. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. you ask some of our team, they will know exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. Just would, to make it look like you knew what you were doing in exactly, front of staff. Exactly. Yeah, I'd be like, going in and be like, yeah. Matt, here's what you need to do today. Yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Uh, and they wouldn't ask me why because mm. they were so junior, they didn't. Yeah. And I'd literally just made up tasks so they yeah, weren't yeah. sat there doing nothing. Like You just make up as you go along until you start Tell to get some traction. Mm. Uh, so you hired a developer. Yeah. Uh, then there's three of you. Did the dynamic... Who did that developer report into, actually? what? How did that structure in the team? Was he always reporting to you, so reporting to Liam? It was, well, just both of us, really. Ah, okay. And I think we got 
it's difficult when you're a small team. Um, we got the balance all wrong. I think we always had this dream of everyone's mates, everyone's great, it's fun, it's, it's this, that and the other. But we struggled to strike that balance between mate and boss, if that yep. makes sense. So, And we still we, st- we still did a year later, ultimately, and that caused a lot of staff problems. Where do you think we are on that scale? Seriously, like, where, like, do you think we strike that balance right? Because me, me not, and Harry... Not are, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we've got it uh, pretty nailed now. Mm-hmm. Um, but did we have it early on? Because I, I feel like nothing's changed for the last two years since you joined. Um, I think... Yeah, I don't think I don't think anything has changed. To be fair, I think when I came in, I don't know how we'd kind of. I don't know. Maybe I just I just probably just made the connection in my my own head that at work you're the boss. Yeah, and then just kind of because I've come from, <laughs> I've had jobs before, whereas the other guys hadn't. Yeah, we've had some people straight from uni didn't have a boss and right. have never had to deal with an environment yeah. of like line manager or reporting back mm. in. Whereas I, I know when there's a superior that gives you tasks to do, you just. Mm. crack them and do it I think one of the interesting dynamics that we had as well was because at that point you were in the gym a lot and I was trying to learn to get into shape and bits like that it didn't work well before you comment Rob. I was going to say you're a big lad he's a big old lad um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's going to come across wrong on the mic cut that out <laughs> uh, but like in work <laughs> audio clip <laughs> just going to have that on repeat when I ring him he's a big lad he's a big lad um <laughs> But in the in at work we had that dynamic and you just mm. uh, I think you just had trust in me in terms of what we're doing. But we basically swapped to the opposite. Like in the gym, I knew he was. A, I just listened and did everything he said. I think we just dropped into yeah. that fairly quickly. Yeah, uh, I can understand why people might not, or especially external people. Yeah, and I think. Um, but we've we've known each other a long time as well. Uh, do you mean you found it difficult to kind of create the difference between staff and well? I get feeling because you're so you're a social guy anyway. Yeah, it was an age thing as well. Yeah, okay. so a lot of the staff we hired was you know around about my age, and I always I got the balance wrong. I, I kind of installed this ethos of fun first, mm-hmm. work second. We had a ping pong table, a PlayStation in the office, TV on the wall. Yeah, that's what I always wanted from the agency. But going forward, it's always work for first, fun later. Yeah, okay. Um, and ultimately, people took the piss, took a you know give an inch, take a mile. Mm, really, okay. took advantage of. Uh, how flexible me and Liam were, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, just got the balance all wrong and we lost a little bit of control, to be honest. Okay. That was as we grew a bit bigger. But first first member of staff, um, ultimately, we didn't, we paid pretty low and we got what we paid for. Okay. And we had to, we, we had to let him go. I mean, you might listen to this, unfortunately, but... <laughs> yeah, no. Um, you were shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like. Drop it on the show. There's your audio clip we're going to um, use as a teaser. No, it was no. good. It was good. But when the going got tough and we had to ramp up the speed and volume and quality, yep. um, it wasn't there. So, we, yeah, we had to let him go. Okay. How long did he last? Uh, about six months, I think. Okay. Yeah. And did you hire number... I'm gonna say number two. Mm. Ignore. Yeah, ignore we had team of four at one stage. Yeah, okay. we, had a, we had a girl Lorna um, for marketing actually. Okay. So we hired our first marketing person. That's when we started to become a full service agency. So marketing f- f- as a service compared to marketing what you guys do to win. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So SEO for clients, PPC, social media, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, so we hired her in, um, which to be honest, big risk again because mm-hmm. we difficult to new area for you new area for us, you're the web you're the web yeah. guys and what we again what we did we did a similar thing to what you just said earlier to be fair was we actually tested it on ourselves first yeah okay so we got ourselves the first result on google for web design derby okay first result for x y and z 
experimented out with our own stuff and got loads of results from it and thought, well, we can replicate this with clients now. Makes sense. Um, so I brought in Lorna, her name was. Um, she was good. She didn't have much experience, but we sort of taught her along the way and that kind of thing. And that, that worked out pretty well. She left to go to um, uh, a vehicle type company. So she did well out of it. She got her experience and, and moved on. So yeah, good okay. for her. <clears throat> so you're six, eight, 12 months in and you've gone through a couple of staff. Mm-hmm. What's the... How are you and Liam thinking about stuff at this point in time? Uh, what, did you ever think, screw this, people are hard, teams are hard, we're going back to just me and you and just make a wedge? It crossed our mind, <clears throat> but it was never a serious thought. Okay. We made a big, big jump um, a couple of years ago around Christmas. We, I remember sitting in a Starbucks and we had so much work on. We were absolutely snowed under um, to the point where me and Liam were just like at breaking point, you know, late nights. We could only get staff to do so much. And we actually just said let's just hire like four people like, and I'm saying I'm talking like big salaries as well I'm talking 20, 25 grand a year yep. so we we just went all in like Liam was four developers the, yeah okay. four developers we did that straight after Christmas oh, no sorry two developers uh, two marketers we just said right let's just do it let's just do it and see what happens basically we run the figures obviously to make sure that projection wise we would be safe that. How much runway did you give yourself accuracy? So if someone's listening to this and can I need to hire someone, did you think, okay, we've at least got enough in the bank to cover three, four, five, six months out? What we tend to stick to the sort of four or five month mark. Okay. But that's coming, becoming increasingly difficult as costs go up. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the early days, it was um, sort of, yeah, we used to have comfortable six months in the bank. Okay. Because me and Liam didn't take a lot out of the business and we were making a lot in the business. So that was great, which enabled us to make things a little bit less risky for us. Okay. Um, but as costs have gone up over the last sort of year or so, yeah, we're we're running generally on about a three month runway in the bank. We're so probably if we the don't, same. We moment, don't bring yeah. any revenue in. Yeah. We got three months yeah. enough if, time to tell you to, to find yeah. another job. I mean, if if, if clients paid their invoice, we'd be running a bit more. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly that. Tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, cool. So what happened then? So you had those four people. Yeah. Got it into the team. Yeah. What kept you awake at night? Uh, so we got a new office in that period as well. So wow. Nice new office to fit. What on triggered you. this conversation in terms of like let's just because I, I have a guy on 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 my board called Nick, uh, who's been very influential, hmm. and he has that gung ho approach. He would be the person that tells me to do that. You know exactly. Yeah. Harry knows him very well. Like he's just a simple mentality of just hire what you need and just sell more stuff and make yeah. more money. And yeah. he is as blasé about it as that. Like With who was reactive. it out of you two that drove that? Like what is the the thing? That yeah, so we quite we've been quite reactive, which is obviously a negative. Yep we need to get out of uh, and we slowly are but it was a it's weird because me and Liam sort of we have this thing where we look at each other and we're like I know what you're thinking I know what you're thinking <laughs> and we sat there in Starbucks we, we we get together every year over Christmas when we have a week off just a bit of time on our yep. own talking business and we're like we're busy here, aren't we maybe too busy should we do it <laughs> okay and you know it escalated from there and it, it was mutual None of, one of us wasn't battling against the other like no we shouldn't do that shouldn't do that Generally, if someone's got an inkling that we should do something, we'll just do it. Um, I'm a bit more, I overthink situations. So I was saying to Liam, well, if we do it, we need to work out if we make zero pennies between now and next yeah. August or whatever, can we <clears> still <throat> be in business? Stuff like that. I'm a bit extreme when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, we, we, we get inquiries thick and fast and we still do. So luckily we've not, we've never once had any financial issues in the business. Never had any sales problems. It's all been internal and process driven for us. That's cool. That that's a big credit to mm. the how how you've grown your business. Yeah. If you look at how you're growing the business at the moment, is it internal? 
Um, sorry, inbound leads. Is it referral work? Yeah. Is it repeat clients? What does that blend <coughs> look like for what you guys have got at the moment? So we've got quite a nice distribution of lead generation. So uh, probably around a good sort of 30, 40% of our revenue just come from cold leads off Google. And obviously you get leads that don't materialize, but then you get what mm-hmm. they do. And do you still close those? Is that still your role in the company? Yeah, we, yeah I still close okay. them. Um, Liam's starting to take a lot of them as well. Uh, word of mouth. So we did a good job for this person. Next person refers us on. Mm-hmm. You know, go to these guys. That that works really well. And I think I read a stat somewhere that if you get a recommendation, you're in, your chances of closing are like forty percent more or something like that. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so that works really well. Repeat business is another one. Um, How do you work with clients on that? If someone just has a web project, mm. do you guys build in a retainer? Like, what yeah, does that yeah. structure look so like? So our, our sales process is we always try and get a web client onto marketing. So if we can get a web client on and then, then pay us X amount of money over the next 12 months for a marketing campaign, that lifetime value of a client goes up. Whereas yep. a year ago, that wasn't happening. You'll be in and out the door and we'd charge them maybe 10, 20 quid for hosting a month. But now it's gotten a bit more, you know, we try and get that lifetime value. So if they don't take marketing, we offer them a support contract. We've got three tiers to that. Um, basic, more secure, where we're a bit more proactive. Mm-hmm. We're going and update the CMS or we're trying to do a bit more about GDPR at the minute. As well, yeah, I can imagine. Um, keeping things robust and keeping people out that kind of thing but yeah the lifetime value of a client is really going a long long way now um, which helps with cash flow and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so yeah we're trying to go down a ultimately our business model is going to go down a, a retained income stream and give me an idea of what the the current team looks like structure wise who have you got in there and then one thing I haven't asked which I probably should ask up front like what is your vision for Frog Spot? what are mm. you trying to build yeah. Let's dig into that. What's the team look like? Team, team structure is funny at the minute because we've got a few outgoings and then quite a lot of incomings. So we're going to be a team of, I believe it's 12 in about two weeks' time mm-hmm. when their new hires start. Um, we're still sort of developer heavy because our revenue is, is web at the minute. It's A lot of it comes from web, probably about 70%, 30% marketing. Okay. So the team structure reflects that. Um, in terms of our vision... It's always, I mean, companies in our industry sort of pride themselves on headcount and team size because we're so resource-driven. Yeah. And I am as well. I'd love to have a big team. Um, really, I just want to become one of the go-to agencies in the Midlands. I think we've got a really good profile for ourselves in Derby. Mm-hmm. We're getting a good profile in Nottingham. And if we can start taking these pockets of locations over the Midlands, um, that'd be really, really good for us. And mm-hmm. I, want, I want to start working with... Um, bigger companies who really respect what you do value what you do don't question what you do yeah i know that's almost too much to ask isn't it and it sounds pretty arrogant but ultimately we get the best results when we're allowed to flex our muscles yep and they give us completely get that yeah completely get that um so yeah i mean vision for frog spark where's the company gonna be at in five years in your head um whether you want to do it in head size turnover whatever it is what what does a company look like in about five years time five years time we're gonna bring you back on and we're gonna see exactly where you are yeah (laughs) homeless it all went went tits up guys (laughs) um i don't know i think i would like to have a company in five years time that was predominantly um offering marketing services okay um and i'd like to offer that to big big companies so i'd like to be doing you know, viral campaigns, that kind of thing. A bit more creative because at the minute we're very B2B focused and it's almost, 
not boring industries, but you know, we've got payroll, we've got occupational health. We've yeah, got, okay. you know, I'd love to get involved with um, you know more more creative campaigns, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, in terms of things like turnover, I don't know. I'd love to have a company that turns over maybe three, four, five million quid. Mm-hmm. Right? Obviously, obviously, I would. Yep. Yep. You know what? I've not thought about it too much. For me, okay. this. I don't look. I haven't looked that far ahead. You were thought of three, six months out. Time, time. time More of a sort ago. of year. Yeah. So I know next year we want sort of headcount of about of about thirty because that's what we've planned for the new office. Mm-hmm. Um, and a turnover around one and a half million. Nice. That's the plan for until back end of next year. And talk to me about the the key lessons you've learned building a team. Like, what are the things that if someone's listening to the show and they go, "Wow, impress!" Genuinely, hugely impressive what you've done. Like, bootstrapped it all the way through. Team of twelve, three, four years in. Uh, about two and a half full time. Okay, wow, two and a half years full time. Hugely impressive. There's going to be some pain points along the way. Mm. Like, what are they? And then try and help someone listening overcome yeah. them when they hit into. So the first one is striking the balance straight away. Um, work first, always mm-hmm. fun after. And I've, I'm all for fun, more for a beer after work on a Friday. Um, I, w- I would honestly say drilling, absolutely drilling the vision into people, get people behind the business because then they're willing to put in that extra time and extra quality and extra care. We failed to do that. Okay. With our first sort of crop of, of staff, shall, yep. we, shall we say. We didn't, we didn't give them the vision of what we wanted. We didn't give them enough accountability with what they were doing. So a lot of it came back to me and Liam. Therefore, me and Liam were doing too much. Um, and I think, I'm not sure if it's good advice or not, but actually we're, with this next lot of staff we're hiring in the minute, we're sort of auditing their personalities a bit more than that's, we used yeah, to. Yeah, that's cool. We used to be very, very skill set driven. This is what I've done. This is what I can do. That's that. Okay, you can. Now you're more. looking more at culture. Yeah, culture because, fit. Absolutely. Because I think that what that comes down to, and we spoke about it a lot, is all of a sudden you've got something pr- to protect. When it's yeah. just you and Liam, yeah, like you can work with a with an A player, mm. quality designer, develop whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. You'll make it work. But now you've all of a sudden got eight, ten, twelve people in the team. Yeah. And with <coughs> one negative person can well, just we've, kill we've everything else. That. And again, I try not to say too much, um, but what I was thinking about it when you were saying it earlier when you were at that stage where you had three interns and you were almost pretending to know what you were doing. Yeah. We're all still in that phase, whether we're two years in, five years in, you still, there's still an element of not really sure what I'm doing here. Yeah, because something new is going to come in all we, the time. We found ourselves, we got, me and Liam got scrutinised by staff for that and we didn't feel like we got the support we needed in that respect. Okay. And we used to always say, like, guys, like, we're young, we're only your age, put yourself in our shoes, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Um, oh, so they, they were criticising you for not... Yeah, that's a, stupid, that's a stupid decision, why are you doing that, this, that, and the other. I'm like, guys, I've got 50 emails in me inbox, I've got this to do, got that to do, just give me a break. Yeah. Um, and it's that kind of people, that kind of person, should I say, that we're trying to avoid this next time around. Yeah, completely. I want somebody who's really, really suited to work in a small company, and they understand what it takes to work in a small company. The pros and the cons. I think there's a fine balance as well with like, because we like, you'll agree that we we're allowed to kind of argue, dispute questions. I love, I I literally love. I, I'm not. I, I don't like to argue. I love friction, and I think there's a huge difference in that. Mm. It's I will always have an have an idea. I'm an opinionated guy, mm. and I will drive it forward. And one thing that I've even if you read my end of year email to the whole team, which was I feel so happy in the fact that we can sit around a table and argue and debate. And everyone comes away, and regardless of what I think, he thinks, she thinks, we all leave the table 
in agreement and we get behind it yeah. regardless. Yeah. And I think that is a credit. The first few highs to me, uh, but the last two, three highs have been the fact that we've got the right cultured people. Mm. When new people yeah. come in, yeah. they either get on very well or we eject them out real fast. Yeah. The last person lasted less than two weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, hire slow and fire fast is what I've learned. Yeah. Uh, knew about it way back when, didn't implement it. But take your time to audit them up front, mm. get them as a right culture fit. Yeah, yeah. But everyone's always their best in an interview. As soon as they come in and you oh, God, realize yeah. they are even slightly poisonous to the team that brings them mm. down, just fucking eject. Yeah, we, get them we, out of we suffer from that a hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we didn't. It's hard because obviously I'm sort of pointing fingers here. But I mean, there was a lot of things me and Liam promised that never materialized yep. for one reason or another. But um, no doubt they it resonates so hard with that. It's like the but you do it all with the best intentions. Oh, oh, like hundred percent. I, I used to, I used to promise this, that, and the other with the intention of them having an amazing place to work. Yeah. When it doesn't happen because you had a client on the phone, or you were up till midnight doing this, or you got you know you know what it's like. You mm-hmm. run a business, something just crops up, and you have to deal with it. Um, when it doesn't happen, they sort of slowly lose trust. And there's two types of people: one that will lose the trust and then start to form a negative opinion of you. Mm-hmm. And the other kind that will actually say, you know what, he's just trying to run a business, he's just trying to do his best. How often do you have uh, reviews with people? Uh, quarterly. Quarterly reviews. Proper, like, proper sit-down reviews, yeah, yep. quarterly. So I, I failed to do this last year, didn't I? I don't, we had one last year. Like, we, we It's different with you because we obviously caught up a little bit more, but formal staff, probably two actually. Yeah, I think, I think we had two definitely, but... It, Definitely, there's uh, the, the, there was a void between the last one and then obviously huge changes in the company, different change, like different things we're doing in the day to days and things like that. And then we just wrapped up the year with a mm. with a with a review. Exactly. So, I, so the thing you've been doing yeah. for the past six months, are you happy with it? Because you're gonna do it for the next one. So like, I I think for me, one thing I need to improve this year is having more regular reviews with yeah, people. I'd so agree, we we yeah. tried to start this year off right. And I'm trying to set up those reviews to the point where it's not just me reviewing Harrison or a member of the team. We create it as a conversation compared to a, like a one-way dialogue. Um, I'm trying to make sure that we create a culture where if someone thinks I'm doing something wrong, is they, they're able to talk to me about it. Yeah. And I think that's so hard for staff to do. And it's so hard for a CEO or a founder like you and Liam to communicate no, no, it's safe to speak to me about it. You're not going to lose your number. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Like, that is super yeah, yeah. hard to do. And, like, I think that comes down to the overall culture of the business. Like, yeah. creating that safe environment. Really, really tough. Yeah, and we've suffered from that, you know, you know, you get so bogged down with work and work and work. And when, a, when staff questions what you're doing, you sort of snap at them. Yeah. And it causes friction in that regard. And, yeah, we've just suffered in that respect yeah, a lot. So, some, like, awesome advice that you dropped. Is there anything else that you think we should address on the show while you're here? That the listeners, so we've tend to have people that are in a day job doing mm. work on the side, uh, like myself, might yeah. be at uni trying to start something, uh, and then people that are sort of early stages. What we found is early stages in the business trying to learn. Anything that you want to drop on the show now to help those guys out, or do you think we've covered it all off? In terms, of, I mean, I'm really, I'm really passionate about university students starting businesses. Okay, it's quite a niche thing to be passionate about, isn't it? That's cool, though. But it's just where I'm from, and the reason being is. Uh, and I do a lot of, I go into universities like Derby and Nottingham and talk to the students and stuff quite a bit, which is, I just like doing it. Um, and the reason being is because I think at uni, you just, there's no pressure. You've probably got no kids. Oh, you mean physically kids. while you're at uni yeah, yeah, starting yeah. business? That's yeah, cool. I okay. think you've got no kids. You've got, you know, you've got no mortgage. 
if your course is anything like mine, you've got no work to do either. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a good, good time to start. And often, and what we're finding now is, or what I'm seeing is, especially Derby Uni and, and Nottingham Trent and, and, and the likes of Sheffield and things like that, they're, putting a, they're investing a lot in students trying to start their businesses, giving out grants and that kind of thing. I just think it's a really good opportunity to start a business. I think there's less risk. Um, yeah, I just think that's something that people should, should think about. And if someone's at uni listening to this, mm. When you're doing those talks, what do you sort of advise them to do as the first step? Because what I understand is when you're doing a course, you're probably not doing a business course. Mm. And the idea of starting a business is fairly daunting because bus- yeah. business itself yeah. uh, is tough. What do you tell these people well, to I'm, get them started? I'm mentoring um, somebody at the moment called Virginia. Hi, Virginia. If you listen, probably not. Um, he just waved, by the way. <laughs> he waved. I, I might have waved, might not. <clears throat> and she wants to start a graphic design business. So okay. I thought... I'm, I'd love to help you. I'd love to be tying a little part of someone's journey, all that sort of stuff. And that's so cliche. But she sat down and I was like, okay, you, you want to start your business. What have you done so far? She was like, nothing. I was like, well, why? Just go and do it. Like, just go and try it. Like, you're going to cock up. What, about out of curiosity, she, hopefully she listens, what was stopping her from doing something? Like, what um, is the block that stopped people from doing? I think, my rightly, it was time and Okay. Other, but again I'm not the sort of person to preach about time and grind and working hard I'm really I'm big into like the Gary V's and Stephen Bartlett's and that kind of thing I am yeah. but I think they preach too much of a lopsided work-life balance yep. but at the same time I think yeah I actually if you think... really want to do it just go and do it I think um, the message is somewhat in, uh, misinterpreted from those sort of guys. I don't think Gary V. Anyway, that, like he's even, he's even said before, people think he's just saying work, 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 mm. no rest. But doesn't doesn't he say at one point it's like what I might work till two a.m. But it doesn't mean that <laughs> I'm not waking up till like eleven o'clock. Or yeah, like he gets to sleep. The, the the biggest thing is is like not work all the time, but stop wasting your time doing other shit that isn't actually supporting your career yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like the amount of dead time the, the biggest thing I took away when I remember watching one of those talks two three years ago was like just block off in your calendar how much what you do in a week mm. like gym TV mm. Facebook like just see how much time you spend on doing yeah. pointless shit um, that's awesome that you're mentoring people though uh, I'm not going to say this is an open application to to get in contact <laughs> with Rob and get mentoring but that's really cool that you do that yeah so, it's always been something I've wanted to do to be fair I've always said that if I ever was to leave the business, sell the business, that's probably what I'd, the route I'd go down. Okay. Just sort of, there's just so a lot weird. of stuff that, there's a lot of shortcuts I'd probably give people. I'd probably give people a leg up, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of, I'm not saying I'm a guru or anything, I'm not in the slightest, but there's just stuff that... But you're like me, you've made loads of mistakes. Yeah. And you like could, spending a few hours... I could probably just those. save someone a year of their life, exactly. basically. Yeah, and that's yeah, what and it's that is a about, massive leg up. Yeah. And massive. I never had that either. Never had any of that. Never had any mentors, never had any funding, never had any money. It's just me and Liam cocking up constantly. <laughs> Before we wrap up then, have you thought about taking funding? Have you thought about what that would do to the business? Um, no, never thought about it. I don't know why. I think it's always because I've thought of funding as this, uh, funding as this sort of Silicon Valley application yep. like yourselves, sort yep. of product, consumer, well, you're not consumer, but you're not product type. Yeah, yeah. scalable platform stuff. Yeah, because you need, ultimately, you need money in the early phases to start while it's losing money basically unless you can build apps yeah you need someone to buy to pay someone to build the app no exactly and the marketing this that and the other whereas because we're service driven 
we offer a service and we, me and Liam were capable of doing the service, we mm. were able to almost raise the money ourselves. Yeah, yeah. find the client, get paid. Yeah, and, and again, luckily, because we we're at uni, we didn't have any financial um, overheads or whatnot. We were able to build up that cash and fund almost yeah, fund it ourselves. I think we never thought about fun- funding. We never even thought about grants or anything, and we should do. 100% should think mm, about grants. Might, the amount of people I hear say, we've got a grant for this, we've got computers, we've got... Research, research and development grant, you're, you're eligible. Oh, we get R&D claims okay, off cool. our tax bill. Yeah, okay. That's my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> it would be my favourite if I had a good accountant. Do you want his contact lot, detail? Long, if, give me some account. I'll take anyone else. I'll take the guy I meet on the street compared to my accountant right now. He's not listening, <laughs> is he? Anyway, I hope he does. I hope he does. Well, not for me to say, but I'll give you the details. <laughs> if it's good. Yeah. yeah, so funding for you, never really thought about it. You're just more focused on bootstrapping the business. All the way up. Yeah, I think so. And Self-funded I think, growth. I think um, we're in a really good position now. We've got our processes down. We, we can scale now. We almost made the mistake of scaling too quickly. We, mm-hmm. we, were almost, we almost scaled on something that didn't actually work as yeah. it was, which is just terrible. Would have turned into a right beast. Mm-hmm. I just think the model we've got at the minute can scale. And luckily we've got money there where we don't need to raise funding. Unless we were going to do anything drastic. Because I have gone down the SaaS route before. Started two SaaS businesses as well. And they're both... Oh, really? Okay. both... Um, not failed, but they've both um, fallen victim just for lack of time. Okay. Um, because you've got the resources internally, is there never a part of you that thinks in our downtime, let's build a product mm. or a service? Like I'd love like to. That? There is no downtime. That's I'd good love to. Me, yeah, me okay. and Liam, um, so funny story, my dissertation at university was a um, personal training client management application. Okay. And Liam's was, you know, the first client I was telling you about that went bust? Yep. So we built them a... Um, almost like a security guard. Um, how do I explain it? Like a database for security guards. Yep. So we tried to, so the first one, the, the fitness one, we tried to make that into a SaaS application. And we did. We had it all hooked up, taking payments. We had clients. Um, that fell victim just for lack of time. Okay. I think that could have been okay. But there were so many competitors, mm. so many competitors out there. And the next one, um, so we built that application for security industry purely for this particular company. But we thought actually, if this particular company wants to use it internally, why can't we build a system where every security company can build it? So we mm-hmm. actually built that as well. And that's functioning. That took payments. That was all functioning. Um, and we got a few people on board, but it just struck us that we, we knew nothing about the security industry. Okay. We knew quite a lot about the fitness industry. We do a lot in the fitness industry. I think it it's... sort of just drives home the fact that like the idea is the easiest thing. The idea is easy. Like the time yeah. on the execution yeah. side of it is just yeah, so yeah. tough. It's amazing how much time it takes just to get an idea off the ground and get people to buy into it. Yeah. But the model of a SaaS application is a dream. It just is, isn't yeah, it? Of course well, it is. Yeah, once you get traction. Yeah, yeah it's getting yeah, traction. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I love what I do. I love the fact that, you know, I can't not what we do. Obviously not, but it's not. I mean, I suppose the dream would be something like. Mm-hmm. That's why we're going down the retained income model, really, ultimately. But yeah, something sort of as, scal- as close to a SaaS some- product as you can, yeah, like retainer some- work. Something as scalable as an application. Yep. It's, it's mind blowing what you can do with it, isn't it? Ultimately. So, answer this uh, if you want to or not. What's the end goal for the business, or do you not have that in mind? Um, end goal for the business is to sell. Okay. Um, we haven't got a time frame on that, mm-hmm. but me and Liam are fully aware of how that process works. And we're, we're fully aware that actually we need to work almost work ourselves out of a job to the point where it runs about us. So, because at the minute, no disrespect to staff, but without taking me any amount of the business, the business doesn't run. Yep. 
it's the way it is at the minute and that's not an asset to anybody so we're currently in the process of um, we're hiring account managers to manage projects and we're sort of building a layer between me and Liam and the staff to sort mm-hmm. of give it that structure give it that you know if me and Liam want to take a holiday for a week nothing goes belly up yeah so we do want to sell ultimately and selling a service-based business is, is super difficult there's a certain process you need to take a certain path you need to take which we've had a bit of consultation on okay. by people um, but that's probably five, six, seven years ago away. No, we're sort of focusing short term at the minute. No, it makes sense. But it sounds like you understand the fact that you've got to get your internal processes nailed. Absolutely. Because your clients at the moment are probably buying into you and Liam. They are. Compared yeah. to buying into the brand. Yeah, and that's the thing yeah. you need to separate yourself yeah, from. Yeah, completely. Uh, random one. Have you ever heard of a book called Built to Sell? No. Uh, John Warrilow, Built to Sell. Fantastic book. I would just recommend you read that if that's in your vision in the next four or five, ten years. Uh, really easy easy read or listen audible have we ever spoke about your vision I don't think we've ever spoken about it on the podcast have we <laughs> no I don't think we have um, it's, a, it's a really interesting tables have turned Adam uh, <laughs> <laughs> would you look at the time <laughs> I think we're out of battery uh, actually I've only got four minutes just looking at that now um, that's gone quick hasn't it? I'll be really really honest uh, a couple of conversations have taken place in sort of the last six, 12 months that have really made me think about this uh, we've taken on some funding uh, and normally what that means is there's an exit strategy. Uh, so when we raise from mid-vendor VCs, they own about 8% of the business. They need to exit in the next sort of 12 months. That's what their time frame is. Um, I have really open conversations with the team. I've helped. Uh, one of the things that I think has helped me get these guys to buy in is as part of that, we've also done a share option pool. So okay, some of these yeah. guys own equity in the business, which I find has been, for me, really important because it helps me share literally the ins and the outs of everything that's going through mm. the business um in terms of the vision and potential exit plan for me uh this is, i'm not trying to dodge the question uh vision is i want to put people like rated people checker trade my builder all completely out of business um because they just stand between our customers yeah. and their customers uh so we're trying to build a platform we're building a community we're building a service will eventually pivot that back into being the go-to place to hire a trades professional, mm. an independent trades professional. In terms of my exit plan, uh, when I started the business, I wanted to be mortgage-free by the time I'm 30. That was one of my goals. And that seemed like a ridiculous goal for me back then. Um, I'm I'm on a trajectory now where I might be able to do that. And once I've ticked that box, I, uh, I just want to keep running the business while I'm enjoying it and while mm. I'm having an impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had our Christmas party um, in December and 32 of our members came to see us. Two of them flew in cool. just to celebrate Christmas with us. Uh, and you, you can be a testament to this. At one point, I'm in tears at my own Christmas party for the work. Like People were coming up to us and saying, you don't understand how much you've impacted my life. I had a third kid because uh, what you've done is help me grow my business, make it more profitable, and I can do that. You've helped me pay my mortgage, all this cool stuff. For as long as we're having that much impact... Mm. and the team are enjoying it and we think it's the right thing to do I'm just going to stay running the thing yeah. and not exit it's a tough question isn't it because if you'd ask me it's tough because it, you could always say you know um, I'll leave the business but you're in the mindset now I'm in the thick of it now mm-hmm. and really take the last 12 months I don't think I could do that again three times over therefore I would leave the business yeah but, you say that but you will you will do that three times over because in two years time you're going to look back and say shit going from 12 to 40 yeah, yeah, was the true. hardest time of my it's life true. and then you go from 40 to 100 and I personally think that regardless of how many processes and stuff you build mm. you'll get to a point where you'll say you pretty, you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll get you'll get to a point where you'll be like well the business is extremely profitable 
if I sell, yeah, and I'm earning a chunk. If I sell it, I'm going to get a wedge as a mm. one-off. But then what on earth would you do with your time? That's the thing that I always come back yeah. to. Like what, I don't know what else I'd do. Yeah. I've literally only worked in this industry. Yeah. I know how to deal with tradespeople. I'm basically a one-trick pony. Yeah. Like, and if I yeah. sell this, there's nothing else in this world it's I would want to do. cliche thing to say, but you know, I, I personally started the business largely for money. Yep. You think it's going to be all glamour, this, that, and the other. But as time's gone on, it's it's become less and less about that. And that's not me being cliche. It's just, it's just true. Because I, I genuinely worry that if I ever get to the heights that I want to reach or sell the business, that I, know that, I genuinely worry that it's just not going to be as good as I think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you're screwed. You've wasted 10 years of your life. For what? Yeah. It's about the journey. To start that journey. You don't start it all again. I'm, be- I'm so the kind of person that's like, okay, got a Ferrari. But I want a Bugatti now. Or you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah it's, okay. He's one of them. You, you, every time you want, every time you get something. Just so you know, I would be happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> you can never. You, I'm just never satisfied. But I'm, I'm really interested to to know what's going to happen. I'm genuinely really interested in doing a follow up and then like whenever it takes. But to know that one, when you go from twelve to twenty or twelve to forty, mm. you're going to say that last that last twelve months was the hardest. Trust me, it's just gonna yeah, happen every single. Way, gonna happen yeah. every single year. Yeah, of also, what's your plans around family? Like, do you want to be a dad? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've had this conversation not too long ago, actually. <laughs> yeah, I've always said, um, I've always said, I'm never gonna do it until I can be a good dad. Okay. In a minute, it's not possible for me to be a good dad. I work too much. I neglect. I neglect the child <laughs> that doesn't exist. My third. But yeah, uh, I would never I, do I, it. I I promise you that there will never be a point where you say I'm ready. Yeah. I just promise. I I literally left my job when my wife was three months pregnant. Like, literally, like there is never a good point. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really interested to know that when we p- pick this back up in the future mm. of whether the conversation around selling the Ferrari, the Bugatti, all of that stuff, how being a dad changes that because genuinely for me it changed Cliche, yeah, is what I'm saying. It genuinely changed everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I want my kids to run my business. That's where I'm at. I yeah, want my. Yeah. I, 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 we had a we had a, a meal six months ago, eight months ago when Edie started, and my little boy was sat on my lap, and I mm. said, "Oh, look at Uncle Harry. He's going to work for you one day." That's literally <laughs> what went through my head. <laughs> yeah, it's strange. Like, like I say, it's you start a business because you think you're going to get on in things, and it's slowly just not even bothered about stuff like that anymore whatsoever. It's, it's genuinely. Genuinely, just want to go into work and have a decent time. Yeah. yeah. And just be in control of my own sort of life in, in that respect. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so it's less about material stuff, definitely. So wrapping it up, where can people, where's the best place for people to go to connect with you, whether it's to follow up with this, learn about an agency, <coughs> basically apply for a job if they're in the Derby area, yeah, yeah. or come and find you and get some work done. Because the one thing that I know and I've learned over the last, how long have we been in, in conversation? 12 months? Same on and off sorry. how long have we known each other just on and off emails back to voice 12 months yeah about 12 months yeah. <laughs> about that <Whoa. laughs> <laughs> yep it's taking that about long that. <laughs> um, but I've seen one the, the work that you guys yeah. do and how you interact with clients and what you do on social mm. like it's super impressive like I just know that any any brand out there that's looking for work I would definitely point them in your direction which is a separate conversation which is why we not only wanted to invite him on the podcast but take you out for dinner which he's evacuating himself from he's ejecting himself back because we have work that we turn down now yeah, because we don't do I actually work. clocked that you mentioned about Magento work recently. That's yeah, we, something that we do. So. We don't do that work. We, t- we literally turn it down. Uh, 
and is a testament to everyone on the podcast we're at a position now where we feel comfortable enough just from seeing what you do and digging into your clients work mm. that we would recommend you so someone's listening to the show and they want to get some web work done some marketing work done and they're not in the construction industry because if you are come through me because i'll probably be getting a percentage when we pass you across <laughs> the rob in the first place <laughs> so uh construction yes everything else straight into rob where do they find you uh so to follow frog spark uh, obviously frog uk mm-hmm. and then we're at frog spark studio across all social media and then for myself it's at rob 12 uk and again instagram twitter rob 12 t-w-e-l-l-s uk yep uk cool rob it's been an absolute pleasure anything else before we wrap up uh no no i appreciate your time thank you for letting me come on i hope am i the first guest uh no second second, second live guest so was it the, the bearded dude wasn't it uh no third we got well, oh, getting down the pecking <laughs> seven we had uh, alex before we had alex come in that was live <clears throat> and then yeah. we did skype calls with dan from british business uh, maybe. It, yeah um but yeah third guest on the show first guest in the new office ah uh, it's very nice and it's what good. we'll do is we'll uh, we'll give you an update on downloads to see how you guys compete in total after being on the show <laughs> for a couple of months and make it a bit competitive listen rob you're an absolute star appreciate your time no problem at all